welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Flora. And my name is Fauna. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be, we'll be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. I'm not redoing it. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy. I think we're already there. I have lost the ability to speak. What a Again. grimy intro. I know. That was the grossest intro yet. I think that's something that, like, we're never going to regain, though. I think we lost our ability to speak long ago. I know. Which means, like, we're the perfect candidates to use a speaking-only platform <laughs> to right? communicate our message to the masses. I mean, we're documenting our deterioration, though. Like, one day this is going to be in, like, a history book. <gasps> you know what? I can probably just take this to the doctor. And he'll be like, there's where it <laughs> and all And by history wrong. book, I mean, like, <laughs> history iPad. You just hit play, and then... Because, like, who has books? Whoa! <laughs> a history hologram. No! No! <laughs> we would just be, like, fucking blobs, because no one knows what we look like. That's not true. They would use all of our descriptors that we've given like bloated and gross and like sunburnt and like slithery like a boa and i don't even know of <laughs> millions of things that we've said that Pantsless, we look like eating slim jim oh god 12 feet tall literally just ripping pants like it's our fucking job i can't stay in a pair of pants to save my life i'm not wearing pants right now hey ditto huh look at this go hey um how was your week my week's been pretty darn good. That's awesome. Uh, it's been really busy, so I've been exhausted, but that happens. Um, something that shouldn't happen but does all too regularly is I was putting on my boots the other day mm. uh, to clean, like my big giant galoshes. Yep, love those. Um, yeah, those are always super fashionable, uh, but very functional. And I was struggling for some unknown reason, but I was struggling. And so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to yank on my boot and I was putting so much force into it, like pushing down with my leg, pulling up with my arms that eventually when my foot went in the boot, Uh there was so much like residual energy involved. (laughs) No. And I punched myself in the boob. God, I can just, I'm having like phantom pain. Real (laughs) hard. And um, our intern definitely saw. No. Yep. <laughs> You're like, please so. stop self-harming yourself. <laughs> <laughs> please, God, I don't want to grow up to be her. <laughs> is, this what, <laughs> is this what is in my future? God. Glad. What? Your week. Um, ups and downs, you know. Um, I had a man, he like, came to the zoo when we opened at 9 a.m., uh-oh. And he saw me walking, and I was just, like, kind of running around, like I do. And he was As like, hey, uh, uh, <laughs> when do you uh, use the little electric cattle prods to wake up the animals? <laughs> and I was like, wow, never, because that's animal abuse. And he's like, oh, <laughs> so they just, they don't get up when the zoo opens? I was like, no, they wake up whenever they feel like waking up. Thanks. Um, who was this phantom that came and harassed you at your job? I don't know, but I was just, like, not in the mood. It wasn't funny. I will not laugh at your dumb joke. What, did I he just show you... up at the moment the zoo opened just to ask you that question? Yeah, to be like, like hey, when, think of it when the do you night use before? a cattle prod? <laughs> probably. He probably been thinking about it for fucking weeks. Amping himself up. <laughs> He's like, trying to be funny. Do it. Today's the day. Ew, stupid 
person. Um, and then I had like a kind of nice encounter. I was just like talking to this woman um, on Saturday. And then on my weekend, my day off, I started to, I decided to treat myself. And I got my very first massage of my (gasps) 28-year-old life. Holy crap. Um, I walk in and the masseuse was like, oh, you were at the zoo. We just talked on Saturday. I was like, oh, shit. We did. And it was like the lady that I talked to about the animals. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But also she basically, I never had a massage before. I don't know if you have. It is basically just someone smashing you into the earth, like, as Mm. if you were, like, fucking Play-Doh. It was agonizing and nice. Um, And I was like, yeah, sometimes, like, I feel a little tense. Like, my job is kind of stressful. And she was like, (laughs) understatement. Like, my entire body was just, like, this tense blob. And, like, I'm in pain right now. And she was like, we didn't even get to, like, your muscle. Like, I literally just, like, rubbed your back. And that's as far as I could get. Because she was like, it's like a brick wall in there. <laughs> I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. pounded your skin for a while. Yeah. She was like, please add this to your, like, schedule of things to do every other month. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, that sounds amazing. Maybe so, by the end you won't have, like, brick wall back. Yeah. You'll just have, like, a normal back. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So all you zookeepers out there who've never been to massage, go. Um, and take, like, a fucking, like, horse bridle to bite down on because I wanted to cry. Right, right. <laughs> Would you say it was agonizing? I wouldn't. I would never. Would you? I would never, ever say that. I would never utter those, that word. <laughs> I would never utter that horrible monstrosity of a word. You're the worst. Um, okay, cool. So anyway, that was my week. I think everything else was, like, copacetic. I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. Sometimes that's just how yeah. it is. Sometimes right? you there's get just like an to ugly man, by, <laughs> yeah, by a massage therapist, and sometimes there's an ugly man who's like stalking you at the zoo. Yeah, like, and I don't have we don't have names on our shirts anymore, and I like I don't even have time to be nice to you, dude. You don't know my name. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna you know what? not gonna laugh <laughs> at your animal abuse joke. Thanks, bye. That's a blessing and a curse. I know. Hey, guess what? It was the short, like, woman. Uh oh. We're all short women. Uh-oh. 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 Whoa! There's Ninja. nine of us. Who's who? You don't know. Huh, huh, huh. Okay. Oh, it was the it was the the one that I thought was a man. Oh, well, <laughs> none of us are men. Uh-oh. 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 Bummer. Wonder who you talk to. They didn't even work here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite is when people walk up and look at the like our entire uniform because it is a uniform. It's usually a shirt yes. with the zoo logo. And some like hideous cargo khaki pants and like radio Absolutely. pepper spray, keys, knife, yes, any other yes. accoutrement. And they're like, Who hey, do you work here? And I'm like, Yeah, nah, dude. I don't know why you would think that. Ugh. I also love when you're just like carrying, like, I cleaned out my frog tanks, and so I had an entire bucket of just like clean cocoa peat. I'm just like be bopping around the zoo, and these kids are up there and they're like, What are you feeding? And they like looked into my bucket, and I was like, It's dirt. <laughs> hey this this is dirt no one's gonna eat this dirt you idiot Who you, you feeding idiot baby okay oh, we've talked baby. for so long about nothing no one's even <laughs> listening oh. um this is the i don't know i can't count but this is one of the letters of the internet less than 26 less than 26 and more than probably five yeah, that was a good song. I liked it. It's the S. Do you have a it's guess? The S. 
Um, I think that really capped it off, and I wanted this my ringtone. Uh, my guess... Please. The... Please. Please what? Get it right. I'm just like... Oh. I'm like... But I got your back. Like, I believe in you. All right. Can I have three guesses? Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, first guess... The Saula? Yes! Wait, really? Yes, you got it. Yes! Is that also how you say it? Saula, yeah. Oh, sick! God, what do I win? Do I win the Keeper Chat prize pack? Um, here's the thing. You win just, like, an air high five. I'm gonna give it to you right now. Are you ready? Here it comes. Yeah. It came straight to you. Oh, I found uh, Nailed it! Ready. That was really good. That was so good. You're so good. Okay, yeah, the animal is... So stupid. <laughs> the saula. Sick. <laughs> so Tell many. me everything. So... Okay, well, here's the thing. There's we, we got, like, five things I can talk about because this is, like, okay. the rarest animal in the whole universe. Okay, so this Whoa. is a mammal. Okay. It is of the order the artiodactyla. So these are the even-toed ungulates. We've talked <gasps> yes, about these a little the bit before. Ungulates. Yes, and the family is something you might be familiar with. They're called the bovidae. Um, people call, like, cows and stuff bovids, bovine. Um, mm-hmm. So those are, like, the family of ruminants, those guys that, um, okay. like, vomit in their own mouths and stuff. Yum, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Great, great, great. Um, but this guy is so cool and different. He's in his own genus. So the Seula is in the Pseudorix, and he's the only one in there. Cool. I love that. I feel like we do that a lot. Yeah, he he loves his life, and he is cool. I don't know. Um, So, the range of this mystical beast is very, very small. He is only found in the Annamite Mountains, uh, the mountain range of Vietnam and Laos? Or is it just, like, Laos? 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 I think it's Laos, yeah. I don't even know if you say the S. I heard someone, I watched a video, and he was like, Laos. Oh, but okay. I just, he was, like, English, you know, like, I don't even. Anyway, so the Annamite Mountains, just keep that in mind. It's only found there. So okay. this is where, this is, like, the weird part. Um, we didn't even know this animal existed until 1992. Whoa! That's after we were born. That's, yeah, dude, that's our lifetime, that they found a new animal. Like, a big animal. They found it, it like, and then decided that, like, uh-oh, it's not doing great. <laughs> Exactly, which was kind of a bummer. So the Ministry of Forestry was examining the biodiversity of the Annamite Mountain Range. It's very, very biologically diverse. Um, There's a lot going on there, a lot of plants, a lot of animals. Um, Uh And they had just established a new kind of national park. And so they were kind of just be popping around in there and um, looking for stuff, looking for things in there. And Mm -hmm. then um, it was like, (laughs) those are so specific, but it was May 21st, 1992. Whoa, uh, they were the just scene. like I know they're just like chatting with a local hunter, and he's like, "Hey, look what I have!" And it was just a skull of this like crazy animal that had these two huge, long, pointed horns on it, and they were like, "Uh, what is this? We have no idea what this what this is at all." Um, and then the next day, they're still beep bopping around, and they find more remains in the forest of the same skull and same body um, of this animal. Okay, Nobody. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there really quick because you have essentially just written the beginning to, like, a new Jurassic Park. (laughs) Like, I'm hooked. I'm ready. Tell me the rest. Okay. 
Um, so, the World Wildlife Fund officially announced the discovery of the new species on July 17th, 1992. So it took him, like, cool. two months to be like, it's real. Like, this is legit. This isn't a fluke or a hoax. Um, uh-huh. But it was super unexpected because I'll kind of get into how big it is later, but it's kind of a big animal. And it was yeah. the first, like, large mammal we have found in over 50 years. Like, first new one. Whoa. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and then still sightings of them are very few and far between, but because mm-hmm. it's so different and it's kind of weird, it was placed in its own genus. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, this is, like, crazy familiar or crazy, like, related to another, like, bovine over here. Nope, it's not. It's very different. Okay. So they are kind of freaked out. So, um, kind of because of this, we don't know a whole lot about Sola, um... So I'm going to let you know what we do know, but it's very limited. But okay. thanks to William G. Robichaud, um, in 1998, he studied a captive female that was in, like, a menagerie in Loatia, in Laos, <laughs> in Laos. Yeah. Loatia is not a word. Don't, don't look at me. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and he named this captive female Martha. Perfect name. And she died 15 days later, probably because the name was so bad. Oh, God. <laughs> what a terrible name, Martha. Give me a God, break. God, you're really, like, dunking on any Marthas out there. Hey, listen up, Martha. 15 <laughs> days from now. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the ring. Because hey, you're Martha, listening. 15 days from now, expect the worst. Ugh. But no, she did pass away 15 days later. Um, so, just some observations about Martha. At her shoulders, she was about 2.75 feet, um, oh. but then her back elevated up to four feet. So her head's like a little lower, but she has like a hunched back. What? And then from, you know, like a little hunchback, like her head's down because she's got to like eat shit on the ground, you know? Yeah, but like dang. A, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a big diff. It's like a whole foot. Yeah. A little bit more than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, it literally is a little bit more than that. <laughs> um, Quite accurate. And then from head to tail, she was about 4.9 feet long. So oh, like, that's how I want people to describe me. Not 4.9 feet long, but, like, from head to tail. <laughs> like, from, how fun and flirty is that? From toe to tip. Toe to tip. That's a sala. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's a big animal. Four feet tall, five feet long. Mm-hmm. Like, how mm-hmm. did we miss this beast, this mystical being? Um, so, know. Martha was chocolate brown, but she does have some patches of white on her face. She had some white on her throat, sides of her neck, and then she had this really cool black dorsal stripe that goes down her back. And Ooh. then she had a pair of parallel horns coming from her head. And both males and females, we now know, um, have these. Uh-huh. This... Fun fact is like super trippy to me, and it makes me feel like she's a giraffe in disguise because she can extend her tongue up to 6.3 inches. So he observed her cleaning her own eyes and upper parts of her face. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a big tongue. Okay. I mean, mine's not anywhere near that. Mine is, but it's not quite that long. Okay. Yours is like 6.2, 6.1, and Martha's right. is like 6.3. Yeah, so just like a little bit less. Okay. She definitely takes the cake. Yeah, she wins the, yeah. whatever competition we're having. Yeah, we <laughs> She's should have it. never entered into it. Martha. I don't know Martha what we were thinking. 
<laughs> um, and then, yeah, she has these really awesome dark brown, blackish horns. Uh, they were about 50 centimeters long, so they were pretty much twice the length of her whole head. I mean, Ooh. those are pretty long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was only able to observe her 15 days before she died. Um, okay. But in the Anamite Mountains, the habitat that these Saula live in, it's kind of like a wet, evergreen, deciduous forest. And they seem to prefer rivers and kind of valleys. And then in the winter, when it's getting pretty chilly up in the mountains, they do travel, like, to the lowlands and stay out of the, like, really coldness. Because nobody likes that. Yeah, it's chilly. No one wants to be cold. Um, So behavior-wise, they've seen Saula active in day and night. But most of the time when it's, like, swelteringly hot midday, they're going to, like, chill out and lay down. Yeah. Um, Robichaud said he did see Martha active during the day, but since she was in, like, this weird menagerie, that is, like, not a scientific fact. (laughs) I mean, she was, like, weirded out. Um, And usually they're solitary, but I guess there's they've seen groups of three up to even seven. And by they, I mean, like, just some random villager living there because nobody's fucking seen these things. Yeah. Um, so Martha really didn't mind people, and I have a feeling that's because she, like, rarely ever sees them, except for when they captured her to put her in this menagerie. Yeah. Um, but she was super afraid of dogs, so when, like, when a dog came over, she would snort, and she would thrust her head forward and point her horns at the dog, and then she would, like, stiff her, like, she would just be totally stiff, totally focused on the dog, and would, like, keep her back arched. Um, oh. So, yeah, not a friend of dogs. But the fact that she, like, put her head down um, kind of shows that they do, even, the horns aren't just for show. Like, they're definitely going to use them for defending themselves and maybe even, like, sparring with male Saula and stuff like that. Oh, that's so interesting. She's like, back off, dog. Yeah. I want a piece of that. But then people, she's like, sup. <laughs> you know what? Maybe she's just more of a cat person. Oh, my God same martha we're one in the same i don't know why Seriously, i was so down on you before she's four feet tall five feet long loves cats you've described me to a t big long gross tongue <laughs> that too <laughs> <laughs> um let's see so yeah he's he observed martha also grooming herself so they think that grooming is a really big behavior obviously of the wicked long tongue mm-hmm. um they also observed her marking um, with her maxillary gland, I don't know, rubbing her gross face on stuff. And then mm. he also heard her bleat like a little cow. She would make little noises Aww. like, I'm a sound bit. Oh, I love um, her. Yeah. So um, diet-wise, they fed Martha pretty much all plants, and she was, like, down to clown. Like, she was just like, yes. But she ate in an interesting way. So she didn't yank on leaves and, like, rip them off. She would either chew them on the branch or she would use her tongue and pull them into her mouth and then chew. So that still is, like, giraffe vibe, right? They do that, too. Yeah, They kind of, like, wrap it around and then strip it. Yeah. So she was, like, totally given giraffe vibes just the whole time. Hmm. Interesting. So, reproduction of the Saula, who fucking knows, dude? Like, who even knows? Um, They think that they only have one calf. And then I wrote a question mark, and then I wrote down another bullet that says 33 weeks. They think their gestation's 33 weeks. Um, But really, like, we don't even see them. So, nobody, and, like, we haven't had them in captivity, and everything sucks. So, um... That's just kind of a best guess, right? Yeah, I mean, we're just... Someone was like, "Mm." 
33 weeks. Yeah, and the fact that they're in their own genus, like, it's not like we can be like, well, they're just like so-and-so. Like, no, we're mm-hmm. kind of, we're just making it up as we go. That's wild. Kind of like our podcast. You know what? It's just free form, stream of consciousness, <laughs> nonsense. Um, okay, so we're getting towards the end of the information we have about the Saula. I'm telling you. Uh-huh. Like, it is, they usually, uh, blah, 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 blah. They call it a unicorn. Um, it is the spindle, they they call it the Saula, the spindle horn, or the Asian unicorn. Um, Ooh. One, because it's, like, crazy rare, and two, it's, like, huge long horns from the side just look like one horn because they're parallel. Um, oh, Yeah. So, this thing has, like, the craziest, smallest habitat in the universe. We've only just found it existed in 1992. We have less, I think there's, like, uh, five sightings, like, by, by, like, biologists, and then the rest is just, like, locals. Um, So, what do you guess its conservation situation is on this animal that... Hmm... I'm gonna guess... Critically endangered? Uh, yeah. Like, ya boy, he's... He's bad news. He's a he's unicorn. Got, <laughs> he's got three hooves in the extinction grave, so to speak. Yeah. Like, Martha okay. is, like, on her way out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are, in fact, critically endangered. I think it was, yeah. like, 92 we found them, and then 98 we were, like, endangered, and then, like, 2000 we were, like, critically <laughs> Um, so we kind of figured out really fast. So one, they have a totally restrictive habitat requirement. They're only found in one fucking mountain range. Like, are you joking? Yeah. Why would you do yeah. that to yourself? So habitat loss and fragmentation, they're super, super susceptible to. Um, but the mm-hmm. biggest thing right now is just hunting, like the illegal fur trade, the meat market, um, Ugh. and just hunting the saula in general. Um, but one of the really, really horrible things is that they get caught in snares, just like metal snare traps that aren't even meant yeah. for them so people are putting out these snares to capture smaller animals that are raiding their crops which the saula don't really do because nobody ever sees them um but right. they're getting trapped in them anyway and are dying from that stuff um Aww. and there's no protection like there's no hunting regulation or anything that's really protecting them right now um but they uh. even interviewed hunters who are like hunting in these forests like that's like their livelihood they go years without ever seeing a saula Damn. Yeah. So there have been no formal surveys because, what the fuck, we can't even find a single one to even survey. Yeah. Um, so the IUCN Red List has them at less than 750, which they're saying Ugh. is, like, super, super generous. Like, people don't think there's more than 100. Ooh, that's like vaquita populations. Yeah, it's like bad news bears for the Sola. Mm, not great, not great. Yeah, so to date, there have only been five wild recordings from camera trap photos that we've put out. Um, so we ha- there's, like, five photos of Saola, like, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that they're, like, kind of looking at to kind of... That makes them kind of worried, even though we're not seeing the Saola, these animals that kind of live in the same area, so like muntjacs and some species of pigs, like their numbers are decreasing and their numbers are pretty low in that area. And then mm-hmm. even huge ele- like animals like elephants and tigers, are we see a lot of them and they're nearing extinction in those areas. So you have to kind of just assume that this like crazy rare animal is like on the same track because just like right. this area is being like overhunted and... Um, it's just, like, not a good spot right now. But, right. you know, it's really close um, 
to Vietnam and China. And the population of Vietnam right now is over, I think, 90 million. And the population of China is over a billion people. So um, there's a lot of people needing resources. But the one good thing is that the Saula is so weird and random that there isn't any, like, crazy, weird, um, like, medicinal fake-ass property that they have attached to it yet. Oh, because well, that's good. Because nobody even has it, so they can't be like, it helps your dick grow or whatever because you can't even get it right like no one even knows they exist so like, yeah how would you know what their horn does yeah exactly um so there is a saula working group which was made um with iucn and like with a ton of people i think like the government over there um all these people and it was made in 2006 and they're helping to help the habitat in the saula um, and the crazy thing, which, you know, is common because we don't have a ton of animals in captivity, but basically when the animal goes extinct in the wild, it goes extinct everywhere because we don't have them in captivity, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Saula working group is kind of working like a bunch of things at once because if we don't do it now, it's going to be kind of too late. They were mm-hmm. even looking into cloning, possibly, uh, but there wasn't a really good amount of female donors or receptive females, and it was kind of weird. So they kind of put that on the side. But that's as far mm-hmm. as they're going. They're like, maybe we should just clone this beast so that somebody can have it. Um, so one of the things the working group wants to do is like incorporate the local communities into protecting the Sola, because... Um, it's them and the hunting and the snares that are really hurting it. They're the like there's not really a whole lot of like habitat loss and fragmentation happening right now in the Inamite Mountains. I think mainly because they're mountains. So mm-hmm. they're kind of okay on that front. So um like I was watching this video from the Saulo working group and they were saying like we can stop this because it's this hunting and the snares and like we're doing it so we can stop it. Um so they're even hiring villagers to go out and remove snares. Um, they oh, also okay. are setting up, like, tons of camera traps just to get more information about them and, like, see if we can find them. And then, this is, like, crazy. This is, okay, this is your Jurassic Park shit right here. They yeah. found that leeches in the Inamite Mountains would keep, like, DNA and blood in their own bellies, like, up to a couple months. So they're there capturing <laughs> and studying leeches to try to get DNA from the cell out of them. Holy crap, there it is, right there. Yes. Michael Crichton, watch out. Hey, dear Michael Crichton, I know you're in a grave right now, but if you can hear this, it's happening. (laughs) He would roll in his grave. We're fucking cloning a unicorn right now. That's buck wild. Buck wild. So, everything kind of sucks, but I think they're kind of optimistic um, Mm -hmm. and getting that stuff out there. Um, so the coolest thing, and the reason I wanted to do the Saula is because I actually own one of these things. So the Henry Villas Zoo in Madison, Wisconsin, has started this, uh, I don't know, thing? What's the word? Cool. Uh. Club? <laughs> an organization? Yeah. Sure. Foundation? Like an organization. Uh, yeah, yeah, a yeah, rumor? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did they start they, start they started a real nasty rumor about Martha and that she was a slit. Oh my god. I hate that. They're wrong though because she wasn't. Okay, well, no shame either way. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, okay, so they started this They don't even have a name for it. 
Uh, oh, it's a program. Catching Hope, and it is a repurposed poaching snare program. So, um, basically, the Global Wildlife Conservation is working with the Saula Working Group, and they are, Henry Villas Zoo is getting the pulled and um, illegal hunting snares that people have picked up. They send them to the zoo, and then the zoo sells and, like, well, they craft them into either um, keychains or dream catchers, and then they sell them to make more money to hire more people to pull out more snares. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I actually have one of the keychains. I love it. It has my spare house key on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Whenever so I cool. need to lend it out, I always lend it out, because it's, like, this really nice, because the snare is, like, this really nice thick wire. Um, uh-huh. It's, like, a really dope keychain. It has, like, these, like, pretty beads, and then just has, like, this little saula on the bottom, and it's really cute. Cool. Um, but, yeah, Henry Villas Zoo, I think they started it, but now almost all zoos, I want to say, have them in their gift shop, because we buy them from, like, Henry Villas Zoo and stock up i know ours does i think Mm -hmm. yours does i think i I saw it there um so if you're really interested in that you can always check out globalwildlife.org they talk about it on their website um i think you can email catching hope for saula which is s-a-o-l-a at gmail and place your own order for something um but they're really great and that helps support conservation for this animal i mean that's directly to the saula this critically endangered unicorn um, which I think is pretty cool because there's not a lot of times your money goes like, I mean, you buy something and it goes like ding, 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 like straight to them. But this definitely is because mm-hmm. it's scary. That yeah. They're... And like, what a, like, what a cool way to, to like repurpose those things. Yes. And I think like, I think a lot of organizations do really great work by giving away items or like allowing people to buy items and mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like a t-shirt or like a water bottle and like yeah. oh that's awesome I'm definitely not shitting on that that's super cool but like how often do you actually take whatever item is, is like a huge integral part to like their endangerment and yeah. turn it into something really cool and right. positive and like right. be able to make money from it yeah it's so cool um so that's amazing if you google just Saula you'll see a couple pictures like I said, there haven't been a whole lot, um, mm-hmm. but they're definitely, like, unique looking for sure. Um, yeah, I'm looking at one now, and it's wild. Yeah, the other picture that comes up is of a bongo, um, just similar kind of, like, bovid body shape, mm-hmm. but the saula is definitely kind of freaky. Definitely not something you'll see in zoos, because we don't have them in captivity, but they're, like, on their way out, man, what? Oh man, that's tough. And it's just tough when you can't even find them to, like, help them. Like, that's crazy, right? Yeah. I have a theory. Hit me. That you said that they're, like, basically impossible to find. Yes. In their range, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe they're just, like, super common, but in, like, a totally different plane of being. Oh. Right. You know? Right. Like, maybe, maybe just on a, on a different level, they're just, like, bucking around all over the place. But here, in this one, in the reality in which we live, right. they just have this little this little range. But maybe they're, like, they're doing really well somewhere else. Because we're, like, living in, like, snakes on a plane, and they're living in, like, Saula on a plane. Yeah, you got it. That's exactly it. Hey. And maybe that's the same plane where, like, Gariels and, like, Vaquitas and stuff are all doing really well. I hope so. And that plane is completely devoid of humans. <laughs> no, no, no. There's one human. He's really lonely. <laughs> He's so lonely, and he is a slave. 
And yeah, and he, he the, pays for all the, the sins of humanity. <laughs> oh God. There's your Michael Crichton novel. Nivel? Novel. Lord. I'm gonna tell him you said that. Nivel. Hear our prayer. <laughs> it's Nivel. Please forgive oh. us for our transgressions. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so that's a Sola. Not a lot of facts because it's a mystical being. It is a yet unicorn. another like mythical creature that we have covered on this show. I know. I think if I could use two tropes to describe us, it would be uh, if I could use three tropes, excuse uh-oh, me. Uh oh. One add a trope. <laughs> one, always rambling and cackling. Yes. Two, having a hard time with Latin pronunciation. For sure. Three can't seem to talk about real creatures to save their lives <laughs> no but hey i had to get it out of the way because next time we get to s it could be extinct and then we're not even like allowed to talk about it right i don't know are we allowed to talk about extinct animals is that a rule did I we mean, make that rule i mean it's it's up to us we can do whatever <laughs> we want that's so true i'm gonna ask us later i'll, I'll find so out love. Um, um well hey shout out to henry vilasu that's really cool that they are doing that yes that's really neat what awesome people. Yeah. Like, what a what a unique and, like, creative approach. I love it. I really like it. Right. Um, considering that these guys are critically endangered, I yes. know you and I discussed this briefly before we started recording, but uh, I think this is, might be a good time, too, to kind of talk about, just generally speaking, like, ways to help all animals in their habitats, because we are uh, just starting here in Plastic Free July. Woo-woo! Yeah. So, if anyone hasn't heard of Plastic Free July before, do you want to talk about that, Flora? Nope. Okay, cool. I will. Uh, so, Plastic Free <laughs> July happens every year in July, and it's what? essentially just a month for anyone who's interested can participate, but you, the goal is to essentially look at the types of products you're using, the frequency that you're using them, um the necessity of those types of products and see if you can find plastic free alternatives. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's just essentially a chance to become a little more aware of what we're using and why we're using it. And hopefully just like conscious. Yeah, exactly. So I know a lot of zoos up there are participating in like a plastic free July challenge. Like they're sort of like nice competing against each other to see like who can, you know, make, a bunch of good changes and choices and stuff like that but it's all in good it's fun amazing. and you know it's all for our planet which is the main point so uh as part of that we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that in case you guys weren't aware or in case maybe you were looking for some cool alternatives or things that you could yeah. try this july and here's just like one thing that i think a, people just don't really think about a lot is that there's only like one earth like there's not another one nope that i have seen at least uh correct and not only is there only one earth and there's not another one but there's also uh it's becoming increasingly clear that there is an actual end date to that earth Mm. uh Mm -hmm. and unfortunately not only is there an end date but that end date keeps moving up isn't there like a doomsday clock that they like literally change is Is it on like tomorrow yet because i feel like it is (laughs) it is two minutes from now (laughs) um no it's uh yeah but i mean it's it's really kind of scary to think about that in the sense that like not only is there an end date to the planet that we live on and that 
it, you know, for the rest of the foreseeable future will house life. But that, that we, like, our actions as humans are actively moving that end date up. And that's yeah. what it is. It's not anything else. No other species on this planet is going out of their way to no. bump up that end date. Like, no, no other species little, on this like, planet are trashing the planet. They just found that little worm that, like, eats plastic. <laughs> exactly. He's, like, doing exactly. his best to try to, like, undo what we're doing. This little know, worm. I feel, like, I feel like this little worm pokes his head out. He's like, I can help. And we're like, no, shut up. He's like, I'll do my part. <laughs> Let me eat right. your plastic. I like, love no, plastic. Sh- go away. Probably, he probably doesn't even like plastic. He's just like, I'm trying. It just tastes so bad. I know, right? Like he's like, oh, it's gross, but I, I'm here. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm here. I love that worm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Um, and I think it's just one of those things. Like, I mean, either you care or you don't. And yeah. unfortunately, the best that we can do and the best that everyone can do to try to help people come to whatever realization they're going to come to is by providing them unbiased facts and education. Yeah. uh, And hopefully kind of explain to them the effects that their day-to-day actions are having. Yeah. Real effects and as well as like what they can do, like what effects things that they may already be doing are having. Right. Like in a positive light or things that they can do, like small changes here and there because when it comes down to it, nothing's worse than having someone come up to you and be like, what you're doing sucks and you're a terrible person. Yeah, Except that. maybe to have, like, our Earth die and all of us die on it. That's a little well, bit worse. And if any of our listeners are anything like you and I, they start sweating and get anxiety and just want to crawl into a hole and die when they think about all the things that are wrong with everything. Yeah. that's You don't have to tackle it all at once. Like, don't right. even... Just because you don't recycle every fucking thing you touch or you used one plastic bag or you leave the water running when you're brushing your teeth like it's small steps and if you do one thing i mean that's better than half the universe who's doing so many negatives to try to outweigh your one thing but um yeah like don't think about it like this overwhelming thing or this Mm -hmm. like huge thing like life-changing stuff you can just do it one step at a time or just do one thing and stick with it um you know, straws really big right now. I just heard Starbucks got rid of straws. I don't know. I don't drink Starbucks. Um, yeah, I but think I think, so. they I think a number of cities straws. are as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Seattle was the first to totally ban them citywide, which is dope. Um, yeah, really cool. And yeah, I think I'm pretty sure Starbucks did. I don't know. I think my yeah, no, that sounds right about it. <laughs> um, um, oh, okay. It says to eliminate plastic straws in its stores by 2020. Well, at least they have a. It's, yeah, I feel I like mean, they that's... could do it tomorrow, but I guess 2020 is like an honorable goal. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe just don't uh, buy them anymore and then it's like, oh, we're out. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think, I mean, I don't want anyone here who maybe hasn't heard of it or has only heard of it in passing about Plastic Free July to freak out because it doesn't mean give up all plastic that you're using. No. It just means become a little bit more conscious and reflective yes. about the choices that you're making concerning plastic. Right. So like uh, Flora said... It just comes down to little choices. And I think on the flip side, too, sometimes it can be really combative for, you know, some people that are really working hard to make a lot of positive changes. They kind of voice their opinions in a not-so-helpful way and essentially make people feel bad even though they're trying their best. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the best is all you can do. And, you know, if we're making changes, 
And even if they're small changes, they're still changes that you wouldn't have normally done. And so they're still going to make a difference. And so, you know, I, I think it's really unrealistic to have this idea that you're going to go completely plastic free anytime soon, maybe even at all. I mean, there are a number of things that we all have going on in our lives. Like I know certain people need certain products in their lives and they're only yeah. available in plastic or certain right. individuals have disabilities that require them to use plastic straws, whatever it may be. Like that's totally understandable. But the idea is to hopefully find those items that you can live with an alternative with and do that. And there are yeah. a number of alternatives out there, and a lot of them are even cheaper than what we're currently using or better for right. you or more accessible. Um, but I just think I think there's also this, like, weird strive of, like you said, like, I can't, you know, I can't tackle every issue out there so i won't so tackle any start? And like same yeah. thing here yeah like i can't give up every plastic in my life so like i'm just not going to do any at all and that's not the case just pick one thing stick to it do your best and see if it's something that you can adopt as like a long-term change yeah for sure and i think if you visit plasticfreejuly.org um there's some really great steps for getting started and like easing yeah. you into stuff they even have mm-hmm. it looks like the quiz that helps you track down really where you're using the most plastic and then they have like ways to you know have ideas and then they're saying like even having a plastic free morning tea like you don't have to like start big you know just be like hey mm-hmm. for this one meal i'm not going to use plastic and kind of go from there um yeah i think that's super cool yeah and i think i mean like the website is a super great resource and i'm really glad you brought it up because again it it it, like gives inspiration and it gives ideas where you may not normally have them and hopefully it makes it a little bit easier to take that first step yeah because you'll find that once you do once you take that first step it's much easier to take others like i know for a lot of people the first step that they take is maybe bringing a reusable bag to the grocery store instead of using plastic bags and from there they decide that maybe they're not interested in using plastic straws anymore and they bring their own or they don't use any or you know maybe from there instead of taking takeout containers from a restaurant they bring their own tupperware from home like or reusing a water bottle or a coffee cup and things like that so um, I think there are a number of things that kind of snowball into each other mm-hmm. and you kind of like get some momentum and you get excited about it. And I yeah. think another important thing to note is you don't have to buy a bunch of new stuff in order to be live a plastic free lifestyle. Like all of this, I think there are a lot of really good products out there and especially ones these days that are marketed toward a more like eco-friendly lifestyle. But at the same time, like the overall goal is to cut down on the amount of trash that we're using, specifically plastic. So if you're just right. replacing all of the disposable plastics with longer use plastics, like, yes, that's a step in the right direction. But at the same time, like, we're still using plastic. So I think just kind of, again, just be a little bit more reflective, a little more thoughtful about the types yeah. of things that you're using. And Do you buy maybe find plastic water bottles? Go to SeaWorld's website and buy the uh, Vikita water bottle that are... Uh, keeper price pack winner received. Yeah. Step- or or say you can't necessarily afford a brand new water bottle, look around your home and see if there's anything there that you might be able to use instead. Like, can you, instead of having a water bottle, can you potentially, um, like, drink water at your desk out of a <laughs> glass? Like, Would that work? I'm, like, waiting to hear what item fauna is going to make you repurpose into like some (laughs) creepy ass like fucking water bottle 
take your hand, run it up. Do you have an old bucket? And and slurp the water right out. Do you have an old ass bucket that you can just dunk your head in whenever you get thirsty? Next time you find a faucet, can you just put your face right under it? Cool. (laughs) Can you just make a cup out of your hands and then just slurp it up? That's what I'm saying. Slurp it right out. Can you stand under a thunderstorm and just soak in the the wet? (laughs) Sorry, I only drink water when it rains. That's truly sustainable. But no, seriously, like there are a number of things we have around our house um, that even if you may not necessarily have like a really cool brand new fancy water bottle or a takeout container or stainless steel straw or whatever these things are, there are a number of things that you can repurpose or find other means of doing them so yeah for sure it's just about getting creative yeah um, thinking about things a little bit differently and hopefully you know finding a few changes that you can easily and reasonably adopt into your day-to-day lifestyle that will carry you throughout the year okay would you rather be a worm that is so desperate to save the earth that it decides to start eating plastic or would you be or would you rather be such a socially anxious Saola, that you like don't want to ever see a man and you hide every like five years before we see you again (laughs) Ooh, woof hmm maybe maybe the worm Ooh, you're so proactive thank you i would rather oh i'd be the Saola. i just hide from my problems (laughs) that sounds good i guess we balance each other out in true flora and fauna fashion (laughs) (laughs) that's so so true look at you you little plastic eating worm that's me. I'm a worm. Oh. Watch out. Don't step on me. You're so um, cute. Yo. I'm um, All of this talk made me think about, you know how I read like crazy books? I read a yep. book called Relic um, and it was about all this crazy stuff happening at the, um, the, what was it? Like the New York Science, Natural Science Museum? I don't know. Anyway, there was like this giant monster killing everybody and one of the like scientists working at the museum, his theory was that all these extinction events that we have aren't because of like a meteor or whatever. It was because there was like a perfectly adapted predator that ate everything and then it died because it ate everything. So like every yeah. so often, like evolution makes like the perfect being that destroys everything. So I'm not saying that humans are perfect, but we're sure as shit destroying everything. And we're just going to like wipe out stuff and just keep it in your mind that there will be something after us. The Big Bang will happen again, I'm sure. Or something will survive, though. All those bacteriums. And then it'll just be a world of fucking E. coli. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, read The Relic. It's a good book. a fun thing to think about. Is this... Are we sponsored by them? Is this We're sponsored thing? by this really old book called Relic. <sighs> Penguin Books, are you sponsoring um, us now? It is uh, by Douglas Preston. Ooh. I gave it a four out of five on Goodreads. Like, it was really good. Cool, cool. Um, that's a really troubling I thing think we're think done. About. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's all right. But I th- think we're done talking. Um, so... I see you in our notes being weird. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. We hope you like. Wait, learned. wait. Can you do a TLDL? God, I always forget. TLDL, Saula, the most critically endangered animal in the world? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a large bovine creature and found only in the Annamite Mountains. 
Uh, we've only seen it since 1992. It's probably existed for fucking ever. Um, we have five camera trap photos of it, and the rest is just mm, stuff we made up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's big and beautiful, and we had one once named Martha, and we loved her for oh. 15 days. She and she stunning. taught us all she could about the Sola, and we appreciate and love her forever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you visit the Henry Vilas Zoo, or if you visit any zoo gift shop, you can buy a keychain or a dreamcatcher made from snares that were taken from Vietnam and Laos. Laos? Leo? <laughs> <laughs> Had to, add, and had to add that to the TLDL so you yep. you knew just by listening to the end that I still am stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, still there. Yeah, and I think that's changed. it. It's a beautiful, it's the unicorn of the world, and we have to help it. Yeah. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. So thank you everyone for joining us this week. We hope you learned cool stuff and had a good time chilling. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to go check out our Instagram where we post fun pictures whenever I remember to, which is like once a month. Um, facts and links pertaining to what we talk about here. Maybe we'll post a link and some pictures of the keychains. Maybe I'll post a picture of my keychain with my house key on it and then you can make like a key of my home. And then if you ever find my home, it would be like a little like prize. Like you just keep trying it on homes until you find mine. Is that how that works? Uh, As we mentioned (laughs) before, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Podbean, we're everywhere that you don't want us to be. We're We're everywhere, you're in your home. We're in your home, I said it too. We're in your ears, we're in your brain. We could. (laughs) We're in your kitchen. I'm inside you. You're almost out of pickles. Oh my god, will you stock up on pickles? We always tell you this. How many times do we have to remind you to get fucking pickles from the store? Why do you always do this? Why? What am I supposed to put in my tuna salad? God. Duh. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Next week, Fauna will be on, I don't know, tea? You bet your sweet ass I will. <laughs> One day I'll learn the alphabet. Um, oh, wait. Oh. And that's the tea on that. Are the millennials listening? No. Nobody listens. Oh. You're right. <laughs> oh, um, I guess this isn't the best time to mention this then. Uh, shout out again to Mitch Torbert for designing our new logo. Aww, we Mitch. love it. You're the best. You're the Everyone f- who's interested, go ahead and check out his Instagram. We've got all of our information on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. He's I, a great dude. I honestly just like open our podcast like on the app all the time just to look at our like art. I can't just stop looking at it. I have it tattooed on my left cheek. Shut up. I want it tattooed on my left cheek. Okay. Well, it's going to be easier to spot us in the wild. (laughs) Well, oh, I was thinking like butt cheek. (laughs) Uh, You meant your face cheek. Dude, my cheeks are always out. It's all right. That's true. I mean, we never wear pants. God, we need to end this goddamn episode. Yeah, we're, we're leaving now. Uh, hey, we did have to buy, like, 30 magnets. So, I don't know, maybe we'll do another giveaway at some point for, like, a magnet. You guys love us. We love you. We do love you. Okay, see you later, you fucking filthy animals. Smell you later. Bye. <laughs>